John Sintes, Cutter Nation. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing well. Uh, it's the early afternoon here, and you're just waking up. Yeah, you know what? It's it's been a grind for a while. It's eight forty-five. Don't give me too much slack. I did get up, you know, about seven thirty. So you know, I've got some coffee, got some things going. You know, we're we're good to go. I'm I'm super pumped to be here chatting with you. Every time I see you, it's a blast. That's- well, you know what's funny? I was I was writing down some stuff before we started the podcast, and we go way back, way before Cutter Nation. In fact, I was on the Emerald Coast Baseball Academy podcast. Yep. Yes, you were. Episode number nine. And I yep. believe you are on episode nine of Behind <laughs> the Scenes. That's hilarious. And that was over five years ago. So I'm like five years behind the curve for this whole podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good thing technology uh, helped you out and it all came to fruition like very fast and very simple. That's why we jumped into it too, because it's like so much easier than it used to be. Yeah. uh, You you ain't kidding. You ain't lying. Well, of course, like you said, I'm happy to have you here. It's always a blast. I got to see you most recently at the ABCA uh, show. That's why I posted that video. It was hilarious. You know, just... (laughs) It was so funny. Taking so PO good. hacks for anyone that doesn't know who's watching. Um, we put on a competition where we were do, uh, testing the exit velocity of all these stud hitters. And John came through as a pitcher and was smacking the ball. What'd you get? Like 90, 93 or I think something? 95. Like I think I got yeah, 95. 90, yeah. So came I, in. I was, I was feeling pretty excited about 95. And then all of a sudden. No, you were, yeah, you were leading for a while. And then these <laughs> studs came in and were just yeah. hitting uh, the swing man. And uh, uh, Dustin came uh, in and they were doing yeah, like Dustin, 100, yeah. 100 and freaking eight miles an hour, something crazy. What's crazy too is I played against Dustin, but we just didn't match up. Like, so he was on um, Hermosillo one year and I just didn't face him. So, like, I, I remember him and he remembers me kind of like from a distance. And, but we just never got to chat or anything from there. So, but he's a great dude. He cracks me up. And of course, oh. like he showed up, right? And I was like, oh, hi. And he's like, are you hidden? I was like, I'm glad you didn't see that. Um, <laughs> but I uh, got 95. I know that's not going to be a problem for you. So go ahead and do your thing. Sure enough. What was he like 104 or something like that? Yeah, something yeah. ridiculous. Those two were just yeah. ridiculous when they were hitting. Um, you, so you may, you guys may know uh, John Sintes from the YouTube videos. Uh, he also did some videos on the cutter because cutter nation, that's his pitch. Um, in fact, I was looking at it. That video did over 151,000 views since we shot. We did well. We did well. With it, you know what I mean? We, we had some help. We did well. We were out. We, we, I mean, we, we did a lot that day, really. I mean, how many videos did you get from that one afternoon? I, I was looking at it. Yeah, I was going to say it was like five or six. It was 213,000 views in total of all the, all the videos. So it was hey, pretty cool. John, the people have spoken. We got to do some more. We got we to do some more. <laughs> well, here we are on, I know, uh, right? uh, doing another one. So that's what I want to leave with. I want to ask you about your cutter. First of all, again, go over how you grip it, how you throw it, what you're trying to make it do. But then I also want to talk about your other pitches because I don't think we got too deep into your other pitches. Can you show us how you grip it, how you throw it and what you're trying to get those pitches to do? Definitely. We'll start with the cutter. Um, the, I mean, any, any day of the week. Also, if anybody has a question about these pitches and wants to see some examples of me throwing them, you can go over to my YouTube channel and see how to throw all these also. So, but standard four seam fastball, right? I'm a little bit different with my thumb. We've been playing around with thumb placement lately. Um, I actually get a little bit further on the inside part of the ball. I think it's just my hands are so big, right? So that being said, the horseshoe needs to open up towards your pinky 
okay? And so if we have this straight line right here, I'm sorry, with our, with our fingers here like this, the ball will roll off in a four seam and it'll go straight, right? This is what 100% spin efficiency is, right, when you throw. Now, the problem with this straight down 12-6 movement is that it's not in alignment with your arm path. Normally, your arm path is a little over here, right? And so 100% spin efficiency isn't a 12-6 type of spin. It's actually going here. So if you understand the angle to which you throw the baseball, it's important because this will affect your cutter, okay? So if we go back to the top of the horseshoe, one of the cool things about the cutter is you, John, and John, you and I did this before, but if you put your fingers up like this right here, there's this line, right, in our index finger, right? If you see mine to yours right here, mine's a little bit greater than yours, right? And I have a really long birdie finger. This is why I don't have a very good two seam because it's uncontrollable for me because sometimes it just goes crazy because it rolls off. But what it does help with is my cutter, right? So guys who have long birdie fingers normally get late action either way if you know how to control it. I can control my two seam now. It took me a very long time to figure out how to get this extra long finger to work. But that being said, this line goes from your four seam and you slide it, you just rotate to the ball until it lines up right there with your fingers. And then you don't even have to feel it or think about it in, in, in the game, right? So there's two ways to get to it. You can go four seam, slide over, or most recently, a lot we've been telling our guys to go two seam and slide over, and you'll feel it perfectly where both fingers line up right there. Now, if you see without me even trying to rotate my wrist, I'm at a different angle on the clock on the ball. So if I throw this thing straight like a fastball, what will actually happen is my hand will turn, and I'll pronate it, and it won't move, right? So what I need to do is that most Americans – it's funny how when I say this in America, everybody knows right away. Everybody in America has thrown a football. The rest of the world hasn't. So if I say this reference to the rest of the world, it does not work, right? So you, what you got to think about is if, if I, even if I have the grip like this, but my wrist isn't turned, when my arm comes around, if I stay behind it, it ends up being the four-seam fastball we want, right? So what I like to say is it, it's a football, but it's a quarter turn, right? So the quarter turn lets me come through. That long finger is the last thing that's on it, and then it creates this bullet slash spiral spin right so what we try to what we try to do that is this pitch once you become comfortable with it is something you can squeeze to have a little and you can rip it you will be able to throw this pitch faster than any of your other breaking balls which is important right being able to change speed ranges in your pitches is highly important right what so is your, what is your grip pressure on that uh, it, okay so th there's variations to it right so with the variations, if I want, let's, okay, so we talk about three different angles of movement with the cutter, right? Because pitches move like an asterisk, right? So pitches can go sideways, down, and then angles, right? Well, if you're really good with spin and movement, you can make things go horizontally, angle, and then down, right? So the pressure and the grip to that all affect. A lot of people talk about finger pressure and stuff like that, right? Well, the problem is with the cutter and the way we're throwing it this way, the traditional cutter, which is this, if I squeeze this right here like this, it'll shoot out and slip and it'll kind of spiral the wrong direction and you'll get a circle. If you can see the bottom of the horseshoe, you'll get a circle in the ball. You don't want any form of circle. When you're throwing this version of the cutter, it's offset spinning four seam white and the hitter cannot see anything to it. Okay. So I'm basically throwing what looks like a different fastball to the hitter, but it's going straight and then it's moving. Right. And so to get that, that's what we need to do to be able to pull across with how we're coming through on it. So the different angles are the further that you are up here, 
right, the more it goes down when you throw. When you get into a football, this feels like a – I was telling a guy the other day that worked. It feels like a low slant route in the end zone that you got to get on top and bury. And if you do that, you'll get that nasty down and in type angle. So the farther that you go up of it to closer to a slider and the harder you squeeze it, the more spin, but the slower it will be and the more the action, right? So if you can start playing with the movement and the, the shape and the profile of the pitch, then you, you can start understanding what pitches are. A lot of people think pitches are names. They're not. They're movement and shapes, right? Um, Three-dimensional pitching says that you go in and out, up and down, and fast and slow. And so being able to do that on each pitch, now you're understanding what Greg Maddox is actually talking about, where he's talking about throwing different pitches at different speeds on purpose. So he's, we got, know, he's got 12 to 15 pitches. As exactly, right? That's, that's the thing that people, you know, he, he could throw a cutter that would have one inch of movement and do it on purpose, front door to a righty, and then he'd throw a cutter after that might have like nine inches of movement that might come out of that same tunnel and just go all the way across the plate, and then you see the guy go around it. Um, my partner, uh, Cass, brought this up the other day, and I, I agree with what he said, but I think that um, back in the 90s and the 80s, a lot of these sliders were actually cutters for what we know now. Right, you know, looking Smoltzy's just banger slider, dude. That was a that was my Darth Vader, Darth Vader, best cutter I've ever thrown in my life pitch um, to be able to get that nasty action. So you know, it's it's funny how the game is going around and people worry about the name of it. You know, even right, right, right. The the we actually um, three of our three or four of our kids here uh, in San Diego who throw cutters. When they go to their school, their coach doesn't know how to call it and sequence it, right? And immediately, a high school kid tells a, a high school coach, I've got a cutter. What does he do? No, you don't. No, you don't. So what we ended up doing was just going, hey, just call it a slider. He'll know exactly what to do with it then. The name doesn't mean anything, right? right? right what right. means something is the action and the movement right. and the speed of the pitch. As long as your catcher so sure, knows what's coming. Exactly, <laughs> like what, right? what movement is coming, not what yeah. pitch. What movement is coming. Well, as soon as, as, soon as he called slider, right? the coach immediately went, that's a hard slider. That's a great pitch, <laughs> right? And it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter, right? right. right. So it, it, it's funny how that all works out. So, you know, so basically with me, what I'm trying to do is I leave a little bit of white space here. If I go white space there just a little bit, if you can see that, that one's going to stay horizontal. And the further I tie, I go to the top of the horseshoe, that one, right, if my finger's on top of it, when I throw it, that one's going to have the angle, and if I get all the way on top of this one, this one's going to Brad Lidge and go straight down. So been throwing them a while. It's pretty fun. <laughs> well, when you came out and threw it on the YouTube channel, it was, I was amazed by the movement and we weren't even at full distance and you weren't even at full speed. And it was just like coasting across like this. And I was like, yeah. whoa, just seeing it in person was crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Um, you know, I, it, I don't even know. I know when I wanted to throw it, um, uh, but I don't, you know, I, I don't know like how it came across. I knew somebody had told me, because uh, it all, I learned how to, which crazy, I learned how to do it and couldn't even practice it uh, for a long time because when I, I broke my elbow. And so I had to like watch videos and do stuff and try to figure out how to do it without throwing it. And then once I could finally throw it um, when my arm was healthy, it was, I was able to like just figure it out. So, you know, it's, it's a different, <laughs> sorry, wife. Okay. You met her, remember? Yeah. Her in Orlando. Yeah. It's John Madden. Hey, how you doing? Hi. I nice can't hear you, but oh, yeah, we're on the podcast. It's okay. Okay, good to see you. You too. You. 
<laughs> so much fun. We got to do it again. I know you can't hear me, but <laughs> yeah, he said we'll do it again for sure. Perfect. Yeah, sounds good. I just got an awesome pancake. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, what one. other pitches do you throw? So everything. By the way, I want I want E. I want all of the buttons on my name next to me <laughs> on the show. Uh, I go four seam, two seam, one seam, uh, curveball, twelve six, uh, slider. Um, what else? Um, split, four seam change, two seam change. Before uh, you power change. Before you before you quickly explain <laughs> all of those. Um, <laughs> How did the hell does the catcher call those? <laughs> so it's just all variations on what I'm doing, but I basically use a one through four uh, with a wiggle and then a gun, right? And it's funny, if you see in our photos, this is actually the gun sign. I actually got this from Trevor Bauer way back when he came up with the uh, Diamondbacks. Um, so he would go fastball, sinker, curve, slider, change, cutter, right? Um, and so – I know what I'm doing. I, the numbers more tell the catcher where I need you to be. That's what I need, right? And so it, it, we all know catchers that even if it's around them, if they kind of understand the profile of the pitch and the movement of the pitch, then it doesn't matter the name or the number, right? So I'll just go, um, you know, I've, I've even got uh, systems where it's like I'll give guys, uh, I'll give my catcher a quick, understanding and we call the sequences of fast slow of understanding how I want to attack hitters in a more general way so he understands what I'm thinking right and so I'll just be like hey um, with guys that are not a threat we'll probably go two options fast fast slow slow or fast slow fast slow and then you can just pick whatever you want inside that range right and so they start learning what I like and stuff based on shakes and stuff from there so um, most of the time I'll too I'll tell them um, if you think it's a fastball, any fastball, fastball count, we're not throwing it. We're throwing a cutter. So just know that every one O's, two O's, three ones, we're not, we're going to, we're going to throw a fastball right down the middle, but it's going to cut late. That's what's going to happen. Gotcha. So, um, you know, it, it's it, being able to communicate a game plan effectively with your catcher, especially for me, someone who has, has so many tools and I intentionally want to use all those tools. I don't want to, you know, there's a school of thought that thinks that you should have three pitches, right? Well, I got I to gotta look at what's going on in Major League Baseball. And you look at guys like Scherzer, Kershaw added a changeup. You know what I mean? Like, dudes want more weapons, right? People don't want just three pitches. Like, especially if you think about the probability of a three pitch. John, what, you're a sinker slider guy. What happens when your slider's not working? I only got one pitch. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're banged. <laughs> right? We've been there. We, like, and and there's, there's a, a lack of understanding sometimes to – pitching coaches where it's like oh your slider should just be perfect all the time well dude i i've woken up and been like all right let's have a good slider day and been like slip 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 and it's just like i don't i can't tell you why this is doing this so to me i think it's just easier to have other tools just to lean on there's been days you come out you throw your cutter you just feel like it just floats like, all right well okay let's try the slider throw the slider and it's right there cool i only need that today i don't i don't need to use the other pitches so not only does it add variance to what the, the hitter sees, but it also gives yourself a, a little bit more of a, a backup plan on, it, you know, your curveball doesn't work that day. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to go fastball changeup? Because your changeup isn't very good, you know? So yeah. 
That's a good, that's a good point because, and there's days too, where, you know, sometimes your, your best pitch isn't working and your worst pitch is your best pitch where you're like, Whoa, this pitch is nasty today. You know, exactly. Um, like and I don't throw a lot of changeups normally and, and I've been throwing it a little bit more. Um, and, and it cracks me up now because I'm like, why wasn't I throwing this so much earlier in my career? Cause if I would have gone four seam cutter and change and kept it all white, the four seam spin, it would have just been devastating to the hitter, but I just didn't, I, I was just too much of a sheep playing in my early career, just going, you put one down, I throw one, right? So, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand what variance meant uh, to a hitter. What were, uh, real quick, go through the other grips. You don't have to get in depth on the pitches. but No, it's show. all good. Um, so the slider, I'm going to go two-seam fastball. I'm going to come up just a little bit on it, and I'm going to tuck the thumb a little bit. That's going to make it come out a little bit more, but make it be horizontal when it goes from there. And then same kind of two seam to go to the curveball. It really depends on, like, I can 12-6 it. I can also slurve it. If you saw a video on on uh, on uh, um, Instagram, I just threw, like, a 72-mile-an-hour slider with, like, 2,900 RPMs. Um, but to get to there and slow it down, I go deeper, right? So I'm just playing along this horseshoe um, and whatever I'm trying to do. And the movement profiles are based on the wrist angle and the axis that I'm trying to spin the ball. So, like, obviously, when I'm in the slider, I'm trying to get a little bit more around it. That's where the thumb helps it coming out. The curveball, the thumb needs to be a little bit more behind it so I can get in front of it and it doesn't pop up out of my hand and allows the wrist to come all the way down. If the wrist can get this action right here, the ball will actually roll out straight off your hand. And then uh, change up, which is pretty easy one. Um, I, I, I like to play with variant. I'm, I'm all into variants right now, but I call it the rock on change up because it's just easier to grab, right? Like just, you know, um, so that gives there. If this pinky stays right here, the ball will have less movement. If I slide it over and go to there, it'll run more, right? And I do the same thing with my two seam and my four seam. So um, just trying to go from there and then split, same thing. Um, really just trying to dock it off. I'm going to go four seam or I'm going to go two seam, just depending on what fastball I threw in that at bat. Now I noticed the ball that you're holding. Is that the pitch logic baseball? Yes, this is the, this is the greatest thing I have ever been on. I'm a big tech nerd. Um, I met these people in um, Nashville when we went out there and this is my favorite thing right now um, because of what you get for it, for the value. Um, can you explain like what it is and how you're using it right now? Like with your pitches yeah. and, and what you're doing with it? Totally. So the t the pitch logic ball is, is, is technology, right? So there's a sensor inside this ball and there's a computer processor. I want to say it's like 60,000 times processing than the human brain or something like that. It's like crazy. Yeah. Super smart. <laughs> um, but basically I'll say it another way. This is called final technology, right? And final technology is, the technology that's inside this baseball will never have to be upgraded. That's why it's significant, right? So the only thing that will ever have to be put, like changed with this baseball is the firmware inside of it, right? Which is extremely exciting because that means the potential of this thing going future is unreal, right? Right now, we know that it does a forward extension. It does velocity. It has like 12 different metrics. It does spin rate. It does spin arm angle. Um, it does spin angle, which is interesting. They, they actually, I have the... Um, the app open right here you can see as you can see there's a clock right here i'll give it a little bit closer we got two arms right we have the arm path which is the longer one and then the spin arm path right so if what you can see sometimes is like when guys throw curveballs let me see if i got a curveball on here or something 
course, Vance Worley's got nothing but just bangers and two seam 90. Okay, here we go. So he threw a slider here, right? And what you can see is that the spin arm changed, right? So that's his axis. Oh, that's his axis of his throwing arm right here. This is the spin angle, right? So when you're throwing sliders or curveballs, if we can get that to match in the opposite direction, that's going to maximize the spin efficiency and the movement of the pitch that you're throwing. Oh, right? I see. So, so your you, arm angle is here, and you're trying to get that ball to go out, like in that same angle, the opposite way. Exactly. Uh -huh. So we call it the fidget spinner when you're throwing, right? If your arm can start, that's why we call it the gun. It goes down. When it comes up and over your shoulder, this angle that it comes, there's a common misconception that you release out front, right? And right. that it comes from this direction, right? But it, it's an ellipse, right? It comes from around your body and go from here. This is directly showing that to you. Now, with me, right, I can jump over to me real quick. Okay. I just jumped in and checked out my arm side. I'm way more on top than Vance is, right? I'm more of a – Vance is more of like a two. I'm anywhere between like a 1245 and a 115 on my fastball sometimes. I'm going to push from there. And this one's actually a cutter, which my wrist gets cranked up a little bit more on like this, and that makes it go down some. So that's like that gnarly football that I'm throwing. And it reads it as like a 1215 on the uh, on the pitch right there. So it's, it's very – you know, it's – the, one of the biggest reasons why I think that like every pitcher or every player should have it is because it gives you data on your non-competitive pitching pitches, right? You can use this ball in a drill format or in a catch play format. So we, we hacked it a little bit. And uh, what we did was pretty cool is we did it to where we had me and let's say you and I went out to a field, right? The, the, the programming in this says that when you come set, if you don't move, right? It knows that you're ready to throw a pitch. And then you can go in to write what you're ready to do and throw, right? Well, what we can do is I'll be odd and you're going to be even because in our report, what's going on is we can use one ball and get data back and forth on the same session going back, oh, wow. just playing catch, right? And so when you go odd and even, the reason why I said that is because, you know, as long as we're following the rules and doing stuff, we can set the iPad or your phone down and not even look at the stuff right, right away and then go back and you can email yourself a report on your entire throwing session, right? And so if we're not inhibiting the data collection, right, because we wanna look at the numbers and we can just look later, it's just gonna help you process so much better because you know, at the beginning, you're gonna to wanna to look at it, look at it, look at it, right? But as it goes, you don't wanna slow down your momentum or your rhythm into your training session, right? So a lot of the times, uh, it, you know, we, we just have it up on the screen when guys are throwing their pens, like they just go, go, go right and they'll check it for what they want right and so that you know that brings me to another thing that's really exciting about this this is the fastest we already talked about processing speed but the the data is instantaneous by the time the ball hits the target or the ball is caught by the catcher you've already got velo and all your numbers right it, it works faster than radar guns it works faster than rapsodo and trackman it is crazy how quick it is right it's bluetooth and it just goes straight to your ipad or your phone so it, it's the 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 system that you can create for yourself and how you can actually do your own training and monitor the, the, the possibilities are endless. Um, I've heard a couple of physical therapists talk about, they want to use the ball to do um, rehab for Tommy John's, which would be tremendous, right? Cause I don't know if you've read Tommy John protocol, but it says you have to do a crow hop at 45 feet, which I don't know if you've ever done a crow hop at 45 <laughs> feet, but pretty sure I'm spiking that or you're going to die. Cause I might throw it way too hard. Right. Yeah. Um, so, 
you know, if, if you can monitor velo output in an easier way anywhere in the world, it, it just makes it, it, it makes it a lot more efficient for the baseball player and the consumer to get the data they need without having to spend an astronomical amount of money. Right. Let me ask you this. How are you taking these numbers? Cause like you're getting all of this data and how are you taking this numbers and using it to help the players get better, help yourself get better? Like what, in what ways are, are, is it, is it, um, the, the data being beneficial to you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Great. Great question. Cause that, this is one of the questions that a lot of kids ask me online. This is important because throwing this baseball is solely proprietary to you, which means that the way that you throw the pitch is like the way you sign your name. It is completely 100% you, right? And so you need to know how your ball spins whatever pitches you're throwing, right? So there's common things that you want to maximize, but there's ranges that guys that, um, for example, uh, one of our guys cuts the ball a little bit when he throws his four seam, and this shows it, right? But when he doesn't cut it and his spin efficiency goes up, his velo goes down because he's not comfortable releasing the ball that way, right? And so some coaches may say, hey, that's bad that the ball's cutting, right? If you're in a bullpen session and you're watching and it's cutting, probably not. Probably, eh, I don't know if I like that, right? It's supposed to do this, but it's doing this, right? Well, if you look at it and we saw a five-mile-an-hour range, I'm like, well, hey, you're forcing cuts. Who cares, right? And so getting this, this data and this information – um, it, you can put it all together, right? So there's, you can build like these, um, these system metrics where you can see all these things align. I'll show you, for example, right? So let's say, John, when you throw, when you throw a pitch, right? Um, and we, we look here on the chart and your slot is like two o'clock, right? If your slot's two o'clock and then the spin angle is like two o'clock as well, your spin efficiency shouldn't be about a hundred, okay? Or at least close to it. Sometimes you might go up to one o'clock and then the spin angle drops down to maybe like 130, which means that you cut it, right? And then you see the spin efficiency and it goes down to 90, right? So spin efficiency allows the ball to spin more true, which makes it more straight, okay? But that only works with certain pitches. That does not work with a cutter. When you look at my cutter, my spin efficiency is like 30 because of what we're looking at is how it's rotating perfectly on like a 12-6 axis. Uh, Does that yeah. make sense? Right. So right? Same Does would, that make sense? Would go, yeah, absolutely. So the same would be for like a sinker. It, it would just be the opposite way of a cutter. Exactly. Okay, right? Yeah. And so the higher the spin efficiency on the sinker, the more the movement, the more consistent the action of the pitch. Right? Now does it, is spin efficiency differ from the spin rate? And does that show yes. the spin rate? Yes, it does do spin rate too. So spin rate, uh, it has – so on this particular fastball that I threw – it was uh, 2,024 RPMs, right, which is a little bit low, but not that big a deal for me. Normally, I'm anywhere between 2,000 and 2,200. Um, and most of the time, the guys are throwing over 90 to 95. It's like 22 to 25, 26 or something like that as far as it is. But even then, right, like I said, that's only to you, right? John, your sinker spin, total spin, is, is only to the way you throw it, right? And what we can do is see, like, if it's spinning too low, right, or something that means some, there's something wrong with the grip, right? You're not, it's not coming off your fingers correctly. There, it could be slipping early. It could be, uh, you could be pronating early. You could be not getting the extension that you want, right? And so here's, here's the little system that I've built, right? So, like I said, you, you throw at two o'clock to get your sinker. 
the spin efficiency needs to be above probably 95%. And then the forward extension is really, really the cool part. And what that does is when you come set, right, and you go half a second, we say like two seconds because we just want, we know baseball players, right? It's half a second. Right. That's a bounce and go to us, right? So we say two seconds. But on me particularly, if my forward extension is not above seven feet, right, which is a lot, but I'm a big, tall, long, striding dude, right, I throw slower right? So you can start seeing some of these things. So I start looking for these checks real quick, right? So instantaneously, I get the ball back, I can look at it, I can go 88. Okay, I'm on the right thing. My extension is a little short, Ooh, that affected my total spin, and my spin efficiency. And then what that can it does also it tells me the movement profile from release point, my I'm down angle, bro, 15 inches of down angle on this fastball that I have, right? That's a lot. Most kids, most kids are anywhere from, you know, nine to 14, right? Uh, and, and just from there. This is one of the lower ones that I have. So, so then time you, I'm within 17. So then you can look at that really quickly, see your numbers, and then go, oh, okay, I need to get more, a little more extension. I'm not to my question. Yeah, I could reach further. I could get on top. I pushed it, right? It slipped right. out of my hand. Oh, weird. It pronated, right? I didn't want it to, right? You know, and so, so you – it's basically associating what you just felt to yes. what you're seeing in the numbers. So it's basically 100%. making you able to make adjustments quicker. Way faster. And not needing your coach, right? Because we, we, know, we know anyway, right? Your coach can't throw the ball. Not a part of the game. Not a thing. Don't even know why he gets mad when you're throwing the ball. You should be the one mad, right? So, like, you need to know what you are doing. And this is what it's doing. It's, it's tremendous of how it, it – just like you said, it, it – it's data on your feel of the ball and when you throw it, and, and it makes sense. And it's fun. It's a blast. It's, it's a blast. Like, I think I, I threw – I think I just uploaded the video, but I'm pretty sure I threw somewhere around, like, 40 or 50 sliders the other day just trying to see what the highest spin rate that I could get in a row. And I was just going banger, 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 banger. And it was fun because I was looking at my total spin. I started off at, like, 2,300 RPM or something like that, and I got it all the way up to 2,900, which was – Awesome, right? So I think that the other thing that really uh, allow this ball allows some of these players to do is like experiment, which is they're not told to do, and they're not, right? But you and I, growing up, that's what we had to do. We were told to go play catch and figure out how to throw a sinker. Strictly on right? feel, yeah, strictly yeah, on feel, exactly. But that and, that group brings up a great point. Like anyone trying to develop a pitch, this seems like the perfect. Not I don't want to say solution, but tool because then. You know, if you have your, your pitches that you throw all already and you have them, it's good to have the data and know so you can make quick adjustments, of course. But if you're trying to bring a new pitch, you're trying to create that pitch development with something else, like I feel like you have to have something like this to read the, the data. 1,000%. One, 1, it, it's, it's such it, – it is like, – like I said, it's vital, right? It, it, it helps you. Um, there's so many different applications, and that's one of the things I want to, like, tell guys, like – um, oh, Taylor, for example, uh, Taylor Ahern, one of our pro guys, he's going to the American Association. We already devised a plan where we got the spreadsheet that every bullpen that he throws, he's going to use this, and then he doesn't have to think about it, and then we're going to go over the data together. And what he did was he bought – so he has an iPad, and then he uses his phone. He bought a what's called a light stand, so it's not a tripod, okay? A light stand is just the pole. It can go up to 10 feet. It's only like 40 bucks on Amazon but it has the screw attachment on the top that you can attach your phone with it to, right? So you can actually get something up there to the height. You could take video above you, right? And so 
with, we're pretty complicated. So Apple Watch, phone on the light stand, and Pitch Logic Ball, not really complicated as far as the tech, just requires a lot of it, right? But I can start and stop the video from my watch, which I do, and then I collect all the data on the Pitch Logic Ball right there. And now I can do real pitch design like you're talking about at an affordable way because I already have a phone, I got the ball, I can do everything I need right there and I can see it. So we, it, it's pretty cool. We upgraded our lighting at the gym and we're using that light stand and we're actually getting it really close to the guy, right? We, I, I should probably get, I could probably get a, dang, you just helped me. That just hurt me right there. I got I got I gotta get a lens now to attach to my phone because I could probably zoom in a little bit closer to the hand releasing. But we can see it. We can see in slow motion the hand releasing the ball, right? And you can see exactly what you want to see. And, and you can, we can see it pop up. We can see it spin all the way out there. We can see if it's, you know, the, the cool thing, we, we saw spin efficiency on, you can really see it on curveballs because it's really hard to make that thing spin perfectly on the axis where it's supposed to go. Most of the time, it tumbles when guys throw curveballs. And so if your curveball's tumbling, it's a hanger, right? And so... That's, that's something that you can't see with the naked eye. You know, when you're throwing it, you just see the curveball. It looks like it just fades down, like it throws the gravity ball, you know? Um, and, and so once you start realizing that it's not spinning enough or it's not spinning on the correct axis and you can maximize how much spin you get on it, now the word spin means a whole different thing. That's so cool. And yeah, adding the video aspect into it is just like another, I, I feel like that even helps you understand quicker. You know, it's like the triple threat. You got the feel in your body, the visceral feeling. Yep of throwing that pitch, you've got the video that you can look back on and associate all three of them with the numbers and the data that you're getting. I mean, that's just, uh, it's like, you know exactly what just happened in that pitch. So you can make it. And then cool. The cool thing is, is anywhere, right? You don't have to be in a bullpen. You can be in your backyard. You can go to a field. You can be in the Dominican Republic. Like it, it Wi-Fi charges on this little plate that it comes with. Uh, it takes like 15 minutes for you to use it for like 45 minutes. And, and it works great, you know? And what, like I said, the cool thing is it's final tech. So, you know, even if you're having connectivity issues with it now, just know that that's a firmware issue and it's going to get cleaned up. What does this thing sell for? It's got to be like $1,000, right? No, it, it's, it, I thought it was too, for sure. It's, it's 250 bucks. Like it's crazy, crazy. It's 250 bucks, which is expensive, right? To, cer- to a certain amount of like people. That? No, free app, and then you get free cloud storage, which means that the reason why I'm able to look at it online with my clients is that it, it just goes up into the cloud, and that's it, right? That you, don't have to, you don't have to subscribe for anything. You don't have to pay for the app. There's no, like, bonus or anything from there. Oh. I know that the CEO is, is not a baseball guy, but he's a tech guy that understands, like, what is important in the tech world, and he's bringing that over, right? And he's for the pitcher. He's for the player. Wow. And you were telling me before we, before we started recording um, that you're because of the whole coronavirus thing, you're actually like training your guys through video uh, here. Yeah. How, tell, tell, tell about that. I thought it was cool. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. So we had a, um, we had a 10 year old the other day and uh, one of the issues with 10 year olds is spin efficiency, right? Which they pronate and supinate all the time, all the time. Right. Well, by giving, by giving some guidance through a remote training session and trying to help him understand, he was doing three fingers, but after we saw it, his third finger was wrapping around the ball as he was releasing it. So then that was making it do this cut thing. So he was grabbing it like this, and then we would go to throw it. We had to look in slow motion that it was literally going like that and spinning it in his hand 
and then it would get released and do something weird. And so it was weird because his numbers were like, basically, I was like, well, judging by the lack of spin and spin efficiency, like your ball's knuckling. Like it was spinning like under 500 RPMs and then the spin efficiency was like 20. Wow. And so what's he, your, what's you know, his, your, uh, what's your, your splitter at my splitter? Yeah. Uh, my spin efficiency was like, uh, like 12. That's the lowest I got it, but anywhere, <laughs> anywhere between, um, yeah, so it was similar to him, but anywhere between 12 and 40, I think is what I've got it, got it at, but you know, it, and it counts total spin, right? Here's, here's the thing that, um, before I go further, I just thought of this, this made total sense. And I felt like an absolute idiot when I did a podcast with the CEO of David Rankin, right? This is a sensor, right? This is a sensor. This counts how many times it rotates unlimitedly because that's what it's designed to do. And it'll never miss one. So when you have other external devices measuring this with a camera, there's no guarantee that the camera is going to stay in focus and count the number of times it's, it's rotated. It's doing an estimation and a calculation in reverse as it catches it through a certain window. Oh, so it's, it's, it's the, it's capturing it internally versus externally. Exactly. It's literally counting how many times it's rotated. So it's like, Oh, I guess I should trust that thing. Cause that's what it's designed to do. <laughs> right. It's got a gyro and a compass, you know, and he said it to me, like, I wasn't like, yeah, it's, it counts it. And I was like, Oh, yeah, well, come on. Hey, John, not. get with it, man. <laughs> I go, Hey, we've been over here in rap soda land for the longest time. And we're just like, I didn't, I didn't think about it. I'm sure, you know, the red lace one, two, three, four. Yeah. Obviously that's probably how the camera works, but Oh, you have a sensor inside of it that literally just counts it as a, spins up in the air right so it you know it i think that's significant again uh because the drill work we you know we do a lot of like constraint based uh training where we're doing like k drills and lean backs and things that put guys in positions that they can't necessarily get to on the mound that help them feel stuff so if we can combine that and and work on a spin efficiency problem then the you know the, for example that kid uh, with the three finger on on his fastball, spin efficiency went from like 40, we got it up to 90, and he went from 42 to 52, just like making the ball spin better off of his hand. That's insane. Yeah. That's but, awesome. but like we, John, it's insane to to most people when they hear the numbers, but you and I, if we didn't see the numbers, we'd just like, oh yeah, just now it's spinning better. It's going straighter. Right, right, right. Right, right. right? so it's a hidden thing in, in the baseball community. If you don't understand that, like if you can, I, I'm foreseeing like, for example, there's another nine-year-old that we have that, that has one. He has this now five years from now, who knows what thing, where things are going to be and stuff. But just that he's understanding these numbers now at nine or 10, it's going to be crazy by the time he gets to wherever he's going to be able to design whatever spin rate he wants to on whatever pitch because he's going to know what it actually is. Like it changes. It, I, I, I find, I try to compare this like to the first time I saw a radar gun on the screen watching TV and being like, what, you know, like we can see how fast he throws, you know, cause there was a time there was a, I mean, I'm 34. So like, I remember watching, you know, early nineties baseball Cubs Braves and like, you just, you just watched the game. There was no, you know, there wasn't any, there was velo sometimes, but you never knew when nobody, nobody explained it that when you went to Yankee stadium, they had the most money. That's why you saw the radar gun on the TV because the TV people were allowed to use the radar gun. Right. And then you find out later that it wasn't even directly connected to a link or anything. It was a guy pushing numbers <laughs> that he was getting the radio from somebody else. And he was going 89, <laughs> 93. 
you know? So it, it's, this, this is such a groundbreaking piece of technology that I feel like people are um, actually scared of it. Like they're, they're worried that it's not accurate. And that's, so that, let me touch on that real quick because that's one of the things. This ball is, is reads the ball at the fingertips, which is the closest that we can do that. So this spot is actually hidden to the radar gun, so you cannot see it, right? So the radar gun picks up the fastest number, but it doesn't know when it does until it releases to go from there. So it actually might think that you're right here, that this is the fastest that you've thrown the ball, but it's not. It's actually there or even there, right? And because there's a line of sight issue with the gun, then it doesn't get the top speed. So this ball normally registers even if not higher than what your other devices are as far as with technology. And it, it, it is reading the ball in your hand as well. It's just you're talking about velocity coming out of the hand or the fastest part of the velocity. The fastest coming. part of it, right? Talk yeah. about because another thing I thought I found interesting, and I don't think you touched on it yet, was the, um, the backward movement. Yeah, so it – Okay, so when you come set, let me explain the forward and backwards again. Okay. When you come set, it draws an imaginary line right here, right? When we load, um, the way we teach loading is we actually don't want backward extension. We want to be able to load and go forward into that throw and go from there. We don't want to go back too much. So we use it as like a, a, a way to, to patrol yourself, right? If you load and you really just kind of jack yourself into it and you go back, it'll read it over here, right? And And, and so being able to understand like what you actually do. I, I think it goes back to the same thing. Some guys do that too. Some guys load back and then throw hard from there. And maybe that's something you want to look for. So it, it measures in feet the distance where it goes backwards and it goes forward. We actually see backwards extension, which would make sense in our lean back drill with a nice wide base. We lean back, the ball goes all the way down back to where we want. And then we throw. Well, that makes a lot of sense to me because one of the big drills that I use, and it's for <clears throat> the same thing without the technology, is the reverse wall drill where you set up against a wall right here. Mm -hmm. I'm pitching this way, and I would have a wall right here, and I don't want the, my hand or the ball to hit that wall. And, if, and no. when you think about that, it may not make sense in your brain, but if you do it correctly, two reasons you're not going to hit the wall. One, we want to have that forward momentum early. Yeah. And secondly, I don't want my arm path going straight back. I'm going to be going behind my body more as I'm moving. So the angle of my arm path plus my momentum moving forward is going to keep me from ever even touching that wall, which I started with a few inches close to my back side. Yep. So with yep. that being said, when I get the data from the ball, it shouldn't show that much backwards. Exactly. Movement. Yeah, we're on the same page there. We're on the same page. Yeah, I, I like it for that too. Like you can, you can do the reverse wall drill anywhere and not need and now you have an imaginary probably a safer situation if you think about it oh, too. Yeah, like sure you know and it's an accident with an elbow or a finger or something like that banging up against the wall from there but yeah i, I think it you know the and, and it really it really excites me the fact that this does distance because like the potential and the future for this thing is just huge like i don't i don't know for sure i know there's going to be an app update um in june um but i don't know for sure what the new things the new metrics uh, that they're going to be coming out with but when I do talk to them, the, all they talk about is innovation and evolution and what they're trying to do with this ball and what the potential of it is to do. So I don't know. I'm hoping for some fun stuff. I mean, it, I mean, I wouldn't, they, they're impressed me already to this point with this. So I can't imagine like what other crazy things they're going to dream up. Um, so let me ask you this a couple questions. 
do you sell this? Um, if you don't sell this, where can they get this? Um, also, where can they follow you to learn more about your pitches and what you got going on? Just give us the whole information and all this. Yeah, for sure. So first of all, I don't sell this, right? Um, I help these guys out. I work for them. Um, but you're going to go to f5sports.net. That's their website. And then you can actually get a $25 rebate using code Cutter Nation, right? So 250 bucks, $25 rebate. Just type it in the code. It's not a discount code. People get a little confused from it. Their system doesn't work, but it's a rebate. Basically, they'll bounce you back some money to you um, after the transaction's completed. That's just a, it's a tax thing for you guys that don't know. It's, it's a, there's a loophole that you can do there that he, they're, they're working on. So um, that being said, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm constantly posting on my Instagram. You can follow me, jcentes34, also Cutter Nation BSB on Instagram, both of those. You can check out Cutter Nation on YouTube website cutternation.net if you just google cutter nation one word it, it'll everything will come up from right there you can see you know like i said uh, we go back and look at john we we had to throw my cutter you can see it on my channel or his channel i think we did some trap release stuff we did there's a bunch of good stuff we, we play catch podcast you know we did a we did a bunch of good I forgot stuff about that one yeah i forgot about yeah. that yeah yeah how's cool. the wing how's the wing i don't think i've thrown since that day <laughs> I, i'm still sore <laughs> That's such a baseball player answer. I tell people all the time, like, you don't know what it's like to be an athlete unless you've played baseball for a long time with people because how else – like, it, it turns into the same sarcastic situation every time because we've just been it's, – it's like monotony. We've played this game so much, we know what's going to happen with stuff. So it's like, all right, I can, like, halfway focus on this and still talk a little smack to our buddies about stuff for sure. <laughs> well, John, thank you so much. It's always great speaking with you. Pleasure having you on. And uh, hopefully we'll get to see each other soon after once all this craziness clears up. Um, yeah. Good luck to you, man. Good luck. I know, I know Florida's, it's the wild west out there, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't think we got it as bad as you guys right now. As far as we just started opening everything up. Hopefully you guys are not too far behind. So we, I think I went today, shopping actually they did, they did. Um, so we've been masked up for a little while, but they, uh, they did something today where they opened phase one. So they're starting to leak some people out there and stuff, which is good, which is exciting. Uh, I can't wait. You know, I'm I'm itching, you know, with the cancellations of everything. And we don't know if indie ball is going to happen. We don't know if summer ball is going to happen. Um, but I do know that I'm going to try to do live at bats as soon as I possibly can. So <laughs> as soon as I, as soon as we can get these dudes out here playing one-on-one -on -one baseball, that's what we call it. One-on-ones. Um, the better. Cause like, it is so much fun to listen to some of these pro guys and college guys. Like, I got a text message the other day from a kid who was like, uh, what are you doing Friday? And I said, not sure why. And he said, you want to give up some bombs? And I'm like, oh, okay, here we uh, go. You know? Now I know what I'm doing Friday. <laughs> yeah, right? Striking you out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So those are the good we, – we, the, the, at least the spirits over here for the guys that we train with and stuff are very – you know, everybody understands that it's like it's temporary. That's the thing we've been saying. Like, you're going to be fine. Like, it sucks. I know it sucks, seniors, that, that like – your senior season got ruined and maybe you got a couple games in and you couldn't win the state championship, but like, no offense. But good like, time for it's development. It's good it's time high for school too. You know, like, yeah, for sure. Like what you mean you don't throw as hard as you should like go throw more like, simple. <laughs> go throw 95 miles an hour. Like we were talking about, like, just please do it. Just throw 95. It's not just go throw more simple. <laughs> Get your work in.
John, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it, man. You, you're the best. You are.